Ollie, um, you can start us off, mate, if you want. Am I? Am I? Am I doing the hosting? Who do? Do you want to chair it or shall I? Do you, Usman? <laughs> no, I'm. I'm fine. I'm not. I'm not the anchor. I'm <clears throat> freaking comic relief, aren't I? You chair it, guy. I can't. Uh, mind you, this is se- this is season two, isn't it? So um, is this season two? <laughs> yeah, I've got, mate. I've got new um, new new um, sound. New what's it called? Theme. New season. New theme. In goes the free kick. Colaccini nearly got a head on it. Tiote, great strike. Hello, and we're back for season two of Speculative Effort Podcast. New season, new theme song, and today I'm joined in the London studios with Usman Azad. G'day, how are you, mate? Uh, good day, mate. And uh, I'm back up in a cupboard in Bedfordshire, Ollie Bayliss. Hello. It quite literally is a bit of a cupboard. Um, bit I'm, of a broom I'm, cupboard. I've locked myself upstairs in a cupboard. And I'm speaking to you from there. How's it going, boys? Very well. I'm, I'm very impressed with the new digs. This is, uh, you know, 21st century cutting edge stuff here. Mate, living in the city, it's the city life. This is, you know, you've made it. You've made it. I've made it to the big leagues, Ollie. You're stuck in the cupboard. Oh, it's still raining where you are as well as here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's still <laughs> raining on all of us. Well, so much has happened, I suppose, because the last podcast we did was when the World Cup was on. And England got all the way. To the semi-final. To the semi-final. And well, we 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 discussed that more than thoroughly, uh, must I say, when we unfortunately got knocked out to Croatia and France won. But it was a, it was a good World Cup. But now uh, the season has started again. The Premier League's back underway. The Football League, non-league, everyone's back up and playing. Squads are training, and the Champions League has also begun. But so first of all, let's have a little chat about the Premier League because we've not mentioned any of that so far. Um, Ollie, first of all, how do you think the top six are going to perform and who are the favourites to win the league this year? Well, I, it's going to have to be a big turnaround, isn't it, for, for Man City to get pegged back. It was such a such a dominant performance last season. That they've, a, they've got to step off it somewhat and B, someone else has got to step up. But early signs so far this season are that perhaps that could be Liverpool, perhaps that could be Chelsea and perhaps... That, that might be more of a challenge. I still think Man City are going to be too good for everybody. Um, I know they had a little bit of a, a blip midweek in the Champions League, but I'm not quite sure that, that Liverpool quite have the squad depth to challenge them as well as competing on the Champions League. But maybe, maybe. And, and Chelsea, well, Sarri came in and said, you're going to have to give me till November, December to really take a hold of this team and do what I want to do with this team. Well, so far, they've scored 14 goals, one up five out of five, and sitting top of the league. Mm. So I hate to see what they're going to be like when they finally do start playing football. Um, mm. Do start playing his way, because at the moment, they're doing pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think those two are the only two that could possibly challenge City if it comes to that. Um, well, yes, yeah, so Liverpool-Chelsea, I think, are the only two that can get, get close to, Sorry, to yeah. City. I'm not quite sure United are going to be quite there, although they seem to turn a little bit of a corner. And then... I think it's Spurs having a bit of a, a tricky time of it. They're not really recruited again, and you know, in some ways, they've not lost anyone. So great, but I, I, I think they're struggling a little bit at the moment as well with a bit of 
fatigue and playing in the Champions League as well. It's still a small squad. There's not much of a, a backup plan if the big players don't fire. If if your Deli Alles and your Eriksons and especially Kane aren't firing, there's not a huge amount of a plan B there. And then I think I think you still put Arsenal as kind of the sixth best. It's almost a top five, and then Arsenal still. And so far, you might disagree with me, Usman, but I think under Emery, it's it's not that dissimilar really in terms of what we've seen in terms of performances. We've it's almost a typical Wenger start to the season, really, isn't it? It's you've had a couple of encouraging performances where everyone's gone, well, they've done they've done well. They've not come away with anything because that's what Arsenal do. They've lost, but encouraging positive signs. They've lost to City and lost to Chelsea, and then you know picked up wins where they needed to. But I'm not sure enough has changed there, and it'd be a lot to expect. Much to change quickly at Arsenal, so I still think Arsenal. Are are well out of the picture at the moment. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything, anything you've said, uh, even though I usually disagree with everything you say. Um, mm. Arsenal mm, yeah, are very, very similar. Although, as you, you just mentioned, five games isn't enough time to see Emery's sort of fingerprints over this Arsenal squad. And the, I think the, the real disappointment's been Tottenham. Actually, I thought this year they would really mm. kick on and really, you know, they had a really, they've got a, they still got a really, really good side. Um, and they should be really kicking on. I think what's really happening is, I, I, I suspect it has to do with the, how the club is structured is, you know, um, you know the, the way structure and the, the, the amount they're paid is obviously, it's well documented, they're not paid as much as the Man Cities and the, uh, the, the Man Uniteds of this world. And I think that's going to catch up with them. And I think eventually their best players are going to have to move on because they're going to want to be paid more. That's just natural. And I think that momentum is going to die. And I think, until they figure out that they need to start paying their players like they are a top six club or a top five club or even a premier you know a premier league a premier league champions club um then i think they're always going to have this problem where there's going to be this ebb and flow of really good years and then when these players reach that top point where they're really really good they're just going to you know fall away and disappear um so i think apart from that ollie i'm i'm pretty much on board with what you're saying um but except for one thing i think liverpool um will Probably win it, and I think only reason only reason I say that is is because I think they have made the right improvements. Uh, I think you know Virgil Van Dijk provides so much, you know, so much solid defensive work in the back line. I mean, I watched the Champions League game this week, and I just saw the you know the interceptions, the tackles he made. Allison's a, a better keeper, a much better keeper than Mignolet. Um and their 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 centre line. Will improve, and obviously they've got a front, a front five, a front four, a front three, or whatever you want to call it. That is pound for pound one of the best in Europe. So they will blast away teams. They will get the goals. Um, so when we come to the end of the season, mark my words, I think Liverpool may actually win it. I, I think it's a step too far, but it's going to be City will win. It'll be by a smaller points margin because Liverpool and City finished twenty five points apart last. Well, because Liverpool finished fourth last season actually surprisingly um it, it's going to be city to win liverpool to finish about 12 points behind city won't win as many games as they did last season and liverpool might turn a few more draws into wins i think it'll be 12 points so man city then liverpool then chelsea and man united arsenal tottenham i think Ooh. You think Spurs are going to have that much of a? Yeah, well, people. There was season. so much talk about them, you know, not buying any players in the market. I don't think they necessarily needed to. I think there was a, it was a bit of a weird 
a weird call for all pundits to make that the fact that they didn't buy anyone means they're not going to be as good. Like they've still got the same team as last season. They're going to be as good. Uh, they've also got Lucas Mora, who uh, is you know a very good player now. He's sort of come into come into his own. So they were saying that was like a a new transfer. Go on. But the thing is, guy, what the, the reason the pundits are saying they have to buy is not necessarily because of their squad. It's because all the other teams are buying. They're, all the other teams are spending a lot of money, and if you don't spend the bare minimum every any every transfer season every transfer window then I think you kind of then get left behind but why? why would you get left behind? because they, they are as good as they were last season just because Chelsea because spent every... £100 million pounds doesn't mean that Chelsea are going to be better because they spent the money the but players the, might not but the law of aver- well. the law of averages says you spend more money you'll, you will get stronger that's the law of averages you know you may mm. not not every player is going to be the best players in the world but the more money you spend I, th- I think it's a fair point to say that you will get better players for that money you spend and if you spend no money then I think you do you 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 don't get better. You may well, haven't lost anyone don't either, and it's not as if teams are you know you don't look at the Premier League ten years ago and, and think well every club's got better because they they've bought players since then because they've also lost players since then. No, no, but Ollie, but if you don't sell players, you don't buy you anyone. Look at the, you're still going to no, be no, no, Ollie. But if you look at the Premier League ten years ago, you look at the teams that have spent the most money, you, and you look at how they've done. There is a correlation between spending a lot of money and performing better in the league. It's 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 a fact. I'm sorry, you know the teams that have spent the most money in the last. 10 years, Man City, Chelsea, Man United. And they've been at the top of the ladder for most of those five, 10 years. I rest my case. But that's because they can, they can, the best players want to play for them, not necessarily how much they spend on the players. No, but the, but also they, but it's, it works both ways. If you don't spend the money to then entice them from the clubs, you know they've got the money to spend to then get the players in. It doesn't mean that the quality of the player is any better than, than some of Tottenham's players who have been there for five years. Well, but, but if you can get extra better players in, your squad get, as a squad depth gets better. And that's what I think we're talking about now is squad depth. And I think that's what the pundits were talking about was mm. if you don't have a, it's, you're, if you're playing in three or four tournaments um, or domestic competitions, you're, you need squad depth. Mm. And that is, I think, the point. And what about the new teams then? So we've got Cardiff, Fulham and Wolves. How do you think they're going to fare? I love Wolves. I think Wolves is an exciting prospect. They're just an exciting team to watch. And that's another classic example. They've got slightly more money to spend than the other clubs. And I think you're seeing that quality in that team. Uh, so I think Wolves. Uh, the other two, mm, Cardiff. Mm, oh, seriously, question Cardiff. I don't think yeah, they're really doing very well at all. Although they gave Arsenal a little bit of a hard time, didn't they, recently? Mm. Uh, and then Fulham. Yeah, we were looking at me and um, Guy before the start of this uh, pod. We were looking at the, squ- the squad. There are some decent players there. Schurler is a decent player. Seri is a decent player. They've got some decent players. And they're right now they're 15th. But... Yeah. I, I I use that weird sound effect uh, to show that I'm not sure. The creaking sure. door. Yeah, the cr- creaking door. Yeah. I'm not sure I, whether to I open it fully. Fulham have potentially got enough about them and they they showed signs last season of playing some good stuff. I think I think Fulham might be fine. I think Wolves will be fine. I think Wolves will be easily fine and might even be a, a sort of top half team. And yeah, you worry for Cardiff a little bit, don't you? I don't think they've got the the firepower. Mm. And yeah, I think they'll give team's a good game but I'm not sure they've got 38 points in them and then I think you probably look at you know you sort of your Huddersfields and your Brightons of last season that sometimes when you get promoted you take that bit of momentum into a new season every game's a cup final and that gives you that extra 20% and actually sometimes it's the second season in the Premier League where you can have a bit of a crash back to reality 
And I think we might see that with, with both Brighton and Huddersfield. And then, I mean, Burnley have started horribly at the moment. And I know that part of that is playing in Europe and, and everything else, but they're going to have to buck up their ideas a little bit as well. And look at Newcastle, perhaps, as well. Yeah, well, it's you know, just like we were saying last season, isn't there? There's about 10 teams that probably... The value of the Premier League has been knocked down so much because there are so many small clubs at the moment playing mm. in the top division the championship is littered with you know former european giants and teams that were winning the top flight and teams that have been playing in the premier league for 10 years and then now you've got i mean if you just look at the table from well ninth down i suppose wolves so they're new they're back again they're just a yo-yo team everton been there a while leicester have now sort of gained status back crystal palace they're still not a massive team southampton bright and then you've got brighton fulham West Ham, who I, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know why they can't play football with the players that they've got. Uh, Cardiff, Huddersfield, Newcastle, and Burnley. You've got some really small clubs in there that with no value um, in you know on the world stage. No, that's the thing. It becomes marketing the Premier League at the moment must be becoming harder and harder mm. because just some of the names that you, you'd hope to have in there, even if they're not playing well, or having a particularly good season. If you if you've got your sort of Leeds Uniteds and your Nottingham Forests and, and clubs like that, it's it, it's a lot easier to sell Leeds against Nottingham Forest around the world than it is to sell Brighton against Huddersfield. There's there's yep. a lot of teams with without that sort of world name and that international reputation at the moment in the league. And you know that's virtually the fact they've done well and they've got there and they've got there on merit. But it it does make there's a lot more games in the Premier League that you look at and you think, well, for an international audience, this is not not the sexiest of a fixture is it and, and you sort of it's almost coming a little bit at a cost I think of the, the reputation of the Premier League and the excitement of it perhaps I, it's a weird one as well isn't it because you've, sort of, you've got a top six and then you've maybe got like a, a mid table of two you perhaps say Everton and Leicester you think probably aren't going to go down they're probably those two are two that you think you've got enough about them and then really it's it's anyone else from the 12 that could go down you can't really say that anyone else is going into the season with no chance of going down what West Ham, Newcastle, Burnley, Palace, Southampton, they could all be in the mix. I suppose our top six, we've got some some really strong teams in there, uh, showing that nonetheless in the Champions League, because, you know, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, they're just powerhouses in there at the moment. But did any of you watch Spurs versus Inter Milan? Mm. Yeah, well, they just. I mean, you uh, could see it at happening. The moment, there's yeah. At the moment, there's, there's something with Spurs in Europe and playing really well and dominating games and then not getting the result. And whether it's a little bit of experience in in game management and knowing what to do. I mean, I know Pochettino dismissed that, didn't he, with his talking about his cows and the railway line. I don't know if you, you both saw yes, that or heard did. that. Yeah. Um, if you can, what was it? If you if you're a cow and you watch trains go by for. 10 years then you still don't know what if you're time, a cow what you don't know what he time articulated the train it better than that I'm going to I'm going to try it again he said if you're a cow and trains go past you every every day for 10 years and then someone asks you what time does the train go you still don't know um <laughs> yeah is, is that the is that the best analogy how since it, the, the seagulls following the trawler yeah how do you uh, interpret that Osman that um that analogy um i need a i need a about 15 years of um, intense study 
<laughs> analogy school to figure out what he's trying to say. You could see when it, you could see the look on his face when he started saying it. Like, oh god, hang on, what am I, what what am I, what am I saying here? It's kind, of, it's kind of like what I find myself in is, is when you start saying you're you're making a point and then you lose yourself within the intricacies of your point and then you walk off and you walk away and everyone just goes, he had no idea what he was talking about. It's it's easy to do. I do it all the time. I mean, I think you've done it five times already. Ali, <laughs> it's a shame you're not in the studio with me today, mate, because I feel like we're going to have a fight in a second. I feel safer. It's feel brewing. Safer, There's yeah. a fight. There's a brawl brewing. Well, yeah, so the Spurs have basically just ruined their chances of going through to the knockout rounds now. Oh, oh, use a squeaky door. With their group, as it is, they don't stand a chance. Oh, I don't know about they that. They don't stand a chance. We've uh, got Barcelona as well in there. There's, there's no chance. They've They've blown it. They've blown it, and to be fair, it's probably good for them because they need to focus on the league the way they're playing at the moment. So it might actually do them a favour. On the other hand, Liverpool, Bobby Firmino scoring a last minute, uh, last yeah. minute winner there. Um, mm. Up until that point, uh, before um, the sort of the equaliser, Liverpool looked in control, and they looked they, they looked devastating at, at times. They were just just pushing forward, and I suppose that will be the the problem with them in Europe. Maybe not so much in the league, but in Europe. Um, you can't just be so strong attacking and not have the defensive strength or, or perhaps more the centre strength to sort of for those counterattacks because teams will counterattack them and they will be bloody good at it. So I think they'll go far, but once again, I think they're still a little bit short of winning it. Man City didn't do too well. <laughs> oh, jeez, that was... Um, that was, that was I think is as much as I enjoy watching Man City play, I do enjoy watching them lose. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy watching them lose. It's just, it's quite satisfying, especially the way Leon played. Mm. Leon were great on the counter attack. Mm. They should have been, they should have been, they should have scored three. Mm. They should have scored three. It was just slightly offside. Um, And they hit the post as well. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Man City, they'll be fine, but obviously it's a hiccup. But it's sometimes from a neutral perspective, it's a nice hiccup to see for Man City. I've still not, I've still not got any kind of soft spot for them at all, really. Well, it's just nice to see other teams doing well, isn't it? It's nice to just see it get mixed up a little bit. And yeah. You, you, know, you always want to root for the underdog, even if that underdog is a European team. Well, this was at the Etihad as well. Sometimes it's quite nice um, to mix it up a bit. I mean, Man United, solid start to their their campaign. Uh, you know, the plastic young boys pitch, and they were absolutely fine. 3-0 so comfortable. Um, and and yeah. Mourinho is, it doesn't seem to be following the Mourinho narrative after you know two games this season it all felt like it was coming to a head and, and coming crashing down but actually they've just got their heads down and now playing some quite good football mm. just on Man United um, I know this is slightly off topic but just very quickly Sanchez will he, he was obviously dominant at Arsenal what's stopping him from being as dominant at Manchester United is it Mourinho is it the tactics or is it just him uh, it's Mourinho's tactics I is it? Is it's always Sanchez not brought his A game to Man United? Mm. Partly, that, I would but. I would argue he's not brought his A game to be honest. Um, and with the competition that's there, along with the pressure of playing Marcus Rashford from English fans, which he has evidently done, all this all this stuff about he's not playing Rashford enough. Rashford needs to move to go to another club to get game time. Because in the end, Rashford's played an average of sixty minutes out of the total games that he's played uh, in his career. He's played an average of sixty minutes per game. If he total it up, like he's he is playing a lot. Rashford is playing a lot, um, and he, he hasn't said anything about wanting to leave. It's that sort of just speculation. But if he believes that Rashford suits the tactics more, 
then I guess Sanchez will hit the bench. But at the end of the day, I think Rashford's been playing better than Sanchez has. Ever since Sanchez moved, he's not he's not shone. Ollie? Yes. Um I We'll snip that bit out, it's fine. We'll snip it, snip it, snip it. Get off your phone. I thought was gonna jump in. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, 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 I'd made my, I'd, I'd, I'd done the segue, and uh, it was up to you, Ollie, to Sorry. pick it up. This is a, this is rusty. A prof- this is a professional podcast, and you're, you're showing us up for uh, this. This is why you're in the broom closet, mate. Oh, that's yeah, why I'm in the broom closet. Um, yeah. Well, I think I expected Sanchez to very much kick on this season. You know, a little bit of acclimatization last season, and coming in a bit of a, a tricky spell for United. I thought this season he'd be fine and all said, and there's no World Cup to worry about, and it hasn't yet quite happened and, and my fancy football team is bearing the brunt of that um, I expect him at some point to come because he's a very very good player but at the moment he's not standing out to be one of the best three or four players in the Premier League which at times Arsenal it felt like he was um, I think partly it's, it's structured in the way that Jose Mourinho expects his teams to play and to be that extra level of disciplined means you kind of have to compromise sometimes in, in the creativity and the, the movement and players taking players on and other bits and pieces like that. Um, I guess it remains to be seen, doesn't it? This season's still yet young. He's clearly a good player, but at the moment he's not quite doing it for, for Man United, is he? No, and Usman, there's one aspect of the Champions League that you, one incident, shall we say, that you really want to talk about. Um, And I think... There is one man in the world who was laughing, and he's a cruel, cruel man. I don't like him. His name's Oli Bayless. The reason is, is that Cristiano Ronaldo was the victim. Was the victim of being victim. he was the victim of being victim. Cristiano Ronaldo. I know that Oli Bayless has publicly said that he does not like Cristiano Ronaldo uh, for whatever reasons. It might be just jealousy. It might be because that Oli Bayless is not the football that Cristiano Ronaldo at, is. But at the at the game of the Champions League first game. You know, first game in Champions League for Juventus gets sent off for what looks incredibly, incredibly soft. Now, before we get started, Oli, before you start bagging poor Ronaldo, let me just say that, you know, no one in their right mind can say he deserved that. And, uh, you know, people were t- making fun of him for crying. Um, you know, when you're getting paid the big bucks in the one of the you know in a big game in front of an Italian, you know, in in front of a a really big crowd. You know, I can, I can understand why the emotions pulled over. But then go on, go on, Ollie, go and bag out. You know, Cristiano, go on, go for it. I I think it could have been a I think it could have been a red card. I what's he doing? Why does he need to do it? He doesn't. It's just bizarre. It's a little bit of a tangle, a little bit of a tussle. Uh, Marina goes down, and you know, just sorry, come with sorry, it. Ollie. What do you think he's done? He's pulled his hair slightly, hasn't he? It's has not, he pulled his hair yes, slightly? He has. has he's he put, touched he's done a weird like little hand squeeze hair scrunch thing? Like, which I've, you've done that to people before, but we don't we don't treat that like a criminal crime. It's not a criminal crime. But it's a red card. Tri- in the nothing pitch. changes. It's not. It's not. It's not the. It doesn't hurt him. It doesn't. T- it doesn't. No, but it's, it's it's David Beckham kicking out against Argentina, isn't it? It's a needless little petulant. It's Drogba in a Champions League final with like a tiny little hand to the face. It's not. If you put, if you put I'd your hand, hand on fa- the head sorry, or the I'd face, say of a hand to a face player, is more. Sorry, I'd say hand to a face is more. Um, Potentially more, um, you know, troublesome than touching the top of someone's head. Okay, so hair, hair is what hair is what a yellow card, and then as the faces a red card. Are we are we having to work out where like the hairline is? And what well, we we we're, we're using common sense, and that's what at the end of the day we're, we're expecting the the referees to also use. And if I if I target someone's hair 
And it doesn't look, it's not like he had long hair when he pulled it from the, and ganked it. He literally just, you know, t- effectively brushed it. That's effectively what he did. It was short. He's got, the guy's got short hair. He's effectively brushed it. And the referee's back is turned. That's the other thing. If you watch the footage, his back is turned because obviously the ball's out in the by, near the byline. So he's relying upon, you know, w- relying upon someone else's evidence. And I don't know. It's it, it just seems a bit lousy. You're you're biased, quite frankly. I'm sorry, bias. You're you're just going to you know bag him out because you don't like him. I don't not like him. He's he's clearly a world class quality player. It's just a bit of an unnecessary, weird little hair scrunch thing. He's got form for it as well. He's. He can be fairly petulant. I mean, he was lucky not to get shown a red card in the World Cup as well, wasn't he? And you know what? We're, we're always calling for officials to do something in those roles behind the goal and speak to a referee. Well, that's what he did. Hang he on, hang it. on. We, we want referees to do something when it deserves something to be done, but we don't want them to do something every time there's a small incident. He's pulled, that's he's what, pulled that is the problem. That's why people. The that's why dead. the average punter doesn't understand football these days. I'm sorry. That's, they, they they see that and they're like, even you know, if that happened in the in the Sunday League game, no one would bat an eyelid. Uh, I know that's not shouldn't be the judge of how it should be in a professional in professional football, but it, I think it's a pretty decent guide. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, guys. Now, not his head. Obviously, he's been poisoned with your um, your hatred for Ronaldo. It's um, Champions League. They're world class players. They they should hold themselves to higher standards than your yeah, average I know, I, I, league game. The ball's gone dead, and he's gone and pulled an opposition player's hair completely needlessly. Send him off. It's it's an, it was a little bit of you tackled me and a bit of self entitlement and. Ronaldo being Ronaldo, uh, he feels entitled to not be touched by anyone. Um, I mean, there was no reason to... He he reacted with anger, and there was no reason for reaching for his head. But... um, he does. He shouldn't get any special treatment. Like, I think at the end of the day, everyone's blowing it up to more than it is as well. Like Ronaldo got a red card, boohoo, started crying. Like, mm. leave it. That's it. Like, it's just as normal as any other red card. Because um, you know, Ronaldo gets all this extra attention because he's Ronaldo. If it was Messi, you got the red card. No one would think about it. Oh, they might. I think if if Messi was in, the, if that was Messi and he did that and he got sent off, then you know there'd be you know thousands of Catalans who'd be absolutely kicking off about it. Um, I think it's just on the look. I think the difference between you and me, Ollie, about Ronaldo is oh, he's banging the desk. The difference between you and me and Ronaldo is I don't particularly think he's the greatest thing. He's not. He's not my Joe Hart. Level, <laughs> you know, I love Joe Hart. By the way, you know, a great season. Um, and funnily, funnily enough, Joe Hart's done pretty well. I'd like to think Joe Hart's done pretty well yeah, this season, even well. though his team is somewhere bottom near, of the table. Yeah. Of the table. Yeah, he's doing really well. They've got but, minus seven goal difference, but he's doing really well. But, but 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 the difference is, I don't. I'm a bit you know meh about Ronaldo, but I'm I treat him fairly. I treat the man fairly. You, you've got this. I don't know. Did he run over your dog one day? Were you in Barcelona? Were you in Spain or somewhere or Italy one day? And he ran over your dog. He got Wayne Rooney sent off and then winked. <laughs> <at him>. <laughs> <laughs> Never forgiven never him for that. Him. Never <laughs> forgiven him. If, he, if, if Ronaldo didn't deserve a sending off on Tuesday night, then Wayne Rooney didn't deserve a sending off. Okay, but Ronaldo's had eleven red cards in his career, right? Ronaldo's had eleven. Messi's had one in his career. What does that say? That Messi is in control of his emotions and his anger on a football pitch. Exactly. Usman? Uh, I can't disagree with that. I definitely can't disagree. So Messi, Messi doesn't get special treatment. Who's the better player? 
I'm coming back to that. <laughs> I know. Don't even start. No, I'll just I'll just say that. That's a whole pod in its own. I'm just all I'm saying is is that Ronaldo has now with his performances recently in, the, in international tournaments has edged Messi. And because Ronaldo yeah. Ronaldo has the ability to lift his team to playing better. Messi hasn't shown that at world tournaments yet. Well they they're also saying because Ronaldo's now moved to Juventus, he's not surrounded by Real Madrid players. Uh so referees actually aren't protecting him as much as mm. uh as he when he was at Real Madrid. Mm. What do you say to that, Oli? Yeah, that that could well come into it and it'll be interesting to see you want to see the best player in the world don't you trying to prove it in different leagues and in different environments so yeah there's something quite exciting about the idea of Ronaldo playing in somewhere different and and seeing if he can do it there as well because ultimately if he's won and achieved things with Man United Real Madrid and Juventus that's that's pretty good going that's three of the biggest best leagues in the world and you know he would have ticked those boxes so yeah, it'd be exciting. I'll tell you what, it'd be exciting to see him back playing Man United as well twice in this group stage. I think his ban is only with one match ban, isn't it? So Yeah, it's only one, mm. so he will actually get to play Man United. It's the... Uh, who else is in the group? Uh, Valencia. Yeah, Young I think it's, he'll miss that one game against Valencia, isn't it? But, and why was he crying? Because he's sad, because he's emotional. Because he's sad, he's sad. <laughs> Other people that were crying, just a nice little segue here. No, other people that were crying were the Man City fans when they lost to Leon, and this is something that I actually wanted to bring up uh, to you two in this podcast. Um, and it's a question of when are fans actually entitled to walk out on their team? Because Man City fans were walking out of the Etihad about eighty-seven minutes when their team were two-one down to Leon, and I don't, I personally don't think that Man City fans are entitled to have that attitude of we're losing to Leon. We've had enough. We're going to walk out. I'd like to get your opinion on that. When, when, when is when are fans entitled to walk out on their team? How successful does a team Never. need to be? More or less. I mean, there'll be Notts County fans this season that have stayed to the end of, of games. No, if you're a Man City fan, you you stay to the end of the game. You've not got any entitlement to storm out at two. What you know, if if your team's bottom of league two and conceded 24 goals this season then maybe but I know I think the only time as a fan you should walk out is in is in protest at something bigger than just that day's performance or the fact that as a human being you can't deal with the emotions of watching something bad happen that you don't want to happen i.e. your team losing so somehow you can kind of escape that by by walking off and disappearing it's one of my biggest bugbears in watching football think about how many great storylines how many great moments in sport have happened in the dying moments of games that's what it all builds up to and other sports do that really, really well in like ice hockey and and basketball and things like that where you know you've really got kind of quite often a crescendo moment towards the end of the game and football football has it as well football has so many fantastic last minute moments and they're slightly spoiled by the fact that half the time half the ground's empty think if you're a man united fan and you just walked out the end of the champions league final when the team was losing 1-0 and missed the two late win you know the equaliser and the winner against Bayern Munich just there's so many great moments that you're going to miss out on as a fan and I don't think unless you're protesting unless you're at Blackpool or a team you know protesting against an ownership I don't think you've got any reason really to walk out of a game and not to stay at the end because partly sitting through a team losing a game just makes 
the wins even better, doesn't it? it? It's the hard times that make it so good to be a football supporter when your team does well. But somehow we've just got this culture of not supporting a team to the end. And somehow if we leave a football game early, it doesn't doesn't quite count as much because we haven't seen a team. It's the same thing as people who quit on FIFA when they're 2-0 down at, after 70 minutes. It's really annoying. See it through to the end. I'll stop you there, Ollie. I'll interrupt you there because Usman, you can't see, but Usman's shaking his head furiously no, at everything no, you've just no, said. No, 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 no. Ollie, Ollie, Ollie. I, to be fair, honestly, you are right. And if, what I mean, you're right. You're absolutely 100% wrong. That's basically what my point is. <laughs> you're wrong because at the end of the day, football has now changed. Back in the dark, dim past, football was about club, community, spirits, and things like that. Now, with how much you pay to go see a game, how much the punters were paying to see Man City play, um, you're now a customer. And I think in that, that situation, you have now got the right to do what customers do do if they're not happy you pick up and you walk out whenever you want and if your team is not playing well and they're two nil they're two one down at the end of the 87th minute um then as a customer you've got every right to walk out the door and i don't think you should be blamed for that now i know people whinge about arsenal and oh they always leave early because they want to catch the trains and stuff but what arsenal have done to their fans is they've conditioned them to be that way and i think it's something similar for man city um yeah look when we go and when we uh, us three are lucky enough to be together and we go to those sunday um, to go to those non league games what's different about that situation is is that it feels like it's something completely different. You're not paying through the nose to get in the doors unless you're at some certain club in Hertfordshire. But you're not paying to go to the doors. You're enjoying the spec. You're enjoying the experience. But when you go to a Premier League game, now it, you know you're paying through the nose just to wear the replica kit. You're paying through the nose to buy some food. You're paying through the nose to watch your team play. You're a customer, and I I, I say that if you're not happy, you can walk out. So that makes that makes you worthy, does it? By paying more money, that makes you worthy and yeah. eligible to walk out. Yeah, absolutely, it does because because you're no longer. It's the way the club is, has. It's not because you pay more. The club is making you pay more. That's the difference. But say you right, say Usman, you paid ninety five pounds for a decent ticket at a West Ham yep. production, and you went to see it and you're excited and you went and saw it and didn't quite do it for you it wasn't quite what you're mm-hmm. after and you thought a couple of the actors performances mm-hmm. were a little bit off and mm-hmm. you know it was a murder mystery so you were kind of intrigued to see how it might mm-hmm. end out uh, end up but you think you've probably got it worked out so halfway through the second half you just think oh i'm gonna i'm gonna stand up and and walk mm-hmm. out here yeah you're entitled to do that because you're a paying customer and you're you're paying to be there and it's your time but is it not disrespectful to other people around you because as soon as you started doing that, it diminishes the experience for them because suddenly they've got people walking in front of them and walking out and it ruins the atmosphere where yeah. they are. And is it also not disrespectful to the actors or to the players who, yeah, they've been paid lots of money and they've already got your money, but they want to see it through to the end and they want to look out to a full audience to be inspired to give their best performance to the last minute. And you know what? There might be a twist at the end and there might be something at the end that might have been worth staying for. It might have been a terrible play all the way to the end but you know what there might be a little twist at the end there might be a little little consolation goal or something to get excited about um let me let me use your example and let me spin it this way i go west end play i pay 95 pounds the actors are absolutely atrocious absolutely atrocious (laughs) i've paid a lot of money to sit in my chair and actually do you know what my time is valuable i wanted to see those little twists but actually they've been so bad that i go you know what 
it's not worth it. Whoa, I'm walking geez, out. Earthquake. That is exactly the situation because now you're paying 95 quid to go to a West End play, you deserve a certain standard. And yeah, it is disrespectful. But if you've been treated to a disrespectful uh, performance yourself, then it all goes around. And this is a problem of what, for how football has changed from I start to my original point. This is why the football is changing and the whole culture of football is changing. Um, is really ruining it. Now, if it's a women's game we were watching, um, and I think you guys saw the stats about the total transfer bill for bill for English footballers, male footballers, and the total transfer bill for English for women footballers, it's like it's uncomparable. It's like a fraction of the cost. You know, that feels like more of a there's more of a, a gentle, a better spirit there. And I think you would you would probably be more I, I would be more um, inclined to stay stay on to the end of the um, a, a women's game and I go and the non league games we've gone to now some of those games have been absolutely look the standard's not the same but you're not going for the standard and I think that's why we've always, I think you, we're not, I, I, there's never been you, a time you, where I've said oh this game's really this is not Man United Arsenal but I'm gonna I, you know I, I'm gonna walk out I think this is great it's fun it's good to watch and maybe the standard's not the same but I'm really enjoying it and actually. Um, if you're a fan and you're paying a lot of lot of a lot of money, and the team isn't performing the way you want it to perform, then I think you've got every right to uh, to show your displeasure by walking out. So basically, if you're you're in a West End production, you feel <laughs> that you've paid enough and you expect the elite level of performance. Yeah. But if if you're watching Amdram, you know what? I'll stay at the end and I'll be. It's a different, but it's not it's not the same much. example though. I don't understand what the exa- the, the example is. Oh, no, it's a I different was, I was atmosphere. Kind of it's a different, it's a different was, game, and there's a different there's different stakes involved. No, and I think you treat it differently. It's not comparing. You're I comparing an apple to a bloody kiwi fruit now, Ollie. Oh, I try and agree with him, but it doesn't. Okay, go. so hang on. I'm going to I'm going to interject here. I'm going to interject before Usman breaks this whole studio. So going back to going back to the question. Uh, if you're looking specifically at Man City, forget the analogies about mm. a West End show as much as I've enjoyed it. Man City fans, so they've only been on the up for what? Coming up to a decade now from yeah. when they started getting their money. Yeah, yeah. So they've won the league twice and never won a European competition. Mm-hmm. So would you say them walking out on the 87th minute when they're losing to Leon is unacceptable, Oli? You'd say that. But Usman, you'd say they've paid yeah. their money. So they're entitled to, even though the team has only been good for 10 years. Um, in our society these days, we can't even remember what we did yesterday. So trying to remember back 10 years or 15 years or whatever is completely irrelevant. You judge the team on what they are today. And uh, that's my answer. That's why I think it's completely acceptable to walk out. Ollie? Oh, yeah, it's completely not ex- I mean... End of the day, yes, they have a they can do what they like. They're paying customers, yeah. But no, I think if you're a football fan, you're there and you support your team to the end. Unless you've got something fundamentally going wrong at a higher level, or you're really making a protest. These people who just it's not just and it also it's not well, just sorry, games sorry, sorry, where sorry, why is it, your sorry, team Ollie, is playing badly or losing too well. Why is it why is it different if there's something fundamentally wrong and it's a protest to if a team's playing really badly? It's effectively the same thing. You're not happy it, with the club, is, so therefore yeah. you're showing your displeasure by leaving early. It doesn't. If you're if, if for your example, you're a fan. It shouldn't matter what's happening up at the top of the club level. It shouldn't matter what the boardroom's talking about. You're a fan. You should be there for the football club. That's what you're saying. And now, what, but what you're saying is asterisks. Actually, if you're not happy by how the board's running or the chairman's running the club and you want to show your displeasure, then it's okay to walk out, no matter how the team's going. Explain that to there me. There doesn't make some sense. Examples where you've got. Well, there are clearly some examples where you've got things so fundamentally wrong at a club where. 
players have got a right to I mean fans have got a right to protest against the ownership and that's that's a bit different but there's no way as a Man City fan you have a right to fundamentally protest about Pep Guardiola and the player you know considering what they gave them last season and the performances they put in last season no you can't just because they've had a slightly bad first half of a game in the opening group stage of the Champions League you can't it's not the same as as the Coventry or the Blackpool fans complaining about you know their club having dropped down two divisions and the way the club's being run it's a completely different it's a completely different thing and it's and to be honest we're talking about it as if this is a one-off where oh they're losing so they walked out you go to most Arsenal and the Emirates will be 2-1 up and people will be leaving on the 85th minute you go anywhere it's any Premier League game it doesn't actually matter what the score is Fans turn up 10 minutes late. They go off for a cup of tea after 40 minutes. They come back at, you know, five minutes into the second half and they start leaving on the 80th minute. There's plenty of fans that see about half an hour of each half and then go home. It doesn't actually matter what the score is half the time. It's just that's there's a culture that very few people are still in their seats come the end of the game. And it's a really frustrating one because that's when the exciting moments of football happen. I mean, I was at a League Two game two seasons ago at Adams Park watching them play Luton and Luton were one then up and Wickham weren't playing particularly well and maybe half that Wickham crowd had left by the 88th, 89th minute local derby. You know what? Wickham popped up with an equaliser. You know, one of the, arguably one of the best moments of their season and half the crowd had missed that because they were walking out because they were frustrated at the way the team were playing but the score was only 1-0 and had Man City found that equaliser, that could have been a springboard for their season and fans can be talking about, oh, were you there when so-and-so scored that one, the goal, and it really, you know, changed the momentum of the start of our season. And fans would say, oh, no, I, I walked out because I was I was upset because I, my team was losing and I didn't want to be there to the end to see them lose because I, I can't handle the emotion of, of watching something bad happen when I got treated to 50-odd victories last season. Uh, you're right. Uh, and once again, you're, good, right, you're, okay. you're right and in, in the sense that, once again, you've said everything that's completely nonsense, so... That you are wrong. I that think we've wrong. I think we've found this season's answer to last season's have Manchester City underperformed. Uh, we'll leave that one there. Ollie, you wanted to bring uh, rumours and ch- chat of a new European tournament to the table. Mm. Well, yes. So um, UEFA last week have said they're going to introduce a third. European Cup competition. They haven't said what, they haven't said how, they haven't said who, they haven't said when, they haven't said why. Definitely haven't said why. Um, but I just thought it was a good opportunity for us to think what uh, perhaps do we we want to see and how could we maybe change the current Champions League and Europa League format and, and where would or could a third competition fit in, whether that be to take a couple of rounds out of the Europa League and make a, a third competition that it's sort of even less... Well, there's even less at stake in that you know teams don't necessarily all take the Europa League that seriously. I think a third competition would be even harder to to sell to the public, or whether we're going to see a more elite Champions League and that's going to have the sort of a, a trickle down knock on effect. Or what I what I hope it will be is is one where we give extra sort of qualification places to those countries that don't have many. You know, those sort of emerging nations and, and you know your different leagues yeah, and yeah, mean work. that teams from the you know Welsh League and the Irish League and the Gibraltar League and, and you know teams like that can have a, a crack at a European competition that winning would put them into you know the qualification for the Champions League something like that I think that's the only way I 
that's the only way I can get excited about it, you know, if they if they were to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, I'm going to straight up just come out and say I think it's a terrible idea. I don't think there should be any more European competitions than there are. The only thing possibly if there was was maybe more of like, like you know, the Super Club World Cup or whatever, just have the winners of each league just go into some kind of little knockout thing that lasts a couple of weeks in the summer or something like that. But I think more European competition is a waste of time and it's damaging to a lot of clubs. Like You, you look at the, the Europa League, well you could see it from a mile off, the Europa League's damaged Burnley this season already. And it's just playing... When do you find the days in the week to play these games? Do you, do you then have to go, right, all Champions League games need to be played on a Tuesday, Europa League on a Wednesday and then this extra one on a Thursday? But you can't oh, do well, that because it's TV untapped stuff. untapped Friday and Monday, huh? guy. There's an untapped market for Fridays and Mondays. Yeah, but then imagine saying, right, Everton, you're going to be playing on uh, Friday night and then you'll be playing on Sunday afternoon. And you've got to go away to Slovenia. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's oh, I just... think it's too much. But it, it's something that um, it, I think it's becoming the trend, mm. isn't it? That we've already seen the Champions League final move to a Saturday and we've already seen you know, Premier League games take a little bit of a, a back seat in terms of audiences and, and the priority for clubs and it's something Wenger said in one of his sort of more lengthy interviews before leaving Arsenal was that he could see a sort of European Super League or European Super Competition in the not too distant future it's something that I think unfortunately where we we may end up seeing more of because the money in the markets isn't always in domestic football it is in the Premier League still but if you're a PSG you're desperately pushing for a bigger European competition where you can play more games and, and more of the best teams can play each other more often because that's where the market is. If you're Juventus, it's the same. To be honest, it's the same if you're Barcelona and Real Madrid as well. You'd rather be playing 12 games a season against top European teams rather than playing your your Real Mallorca and your Parma and, and clubs like that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be with Guy on this one. It's ridiculous. Um, and... Obviously, we'd love to see more details about it. I know, as you well said, was this, we don't know the who's, the what's, the where's, the when's, and more importantly, the why's. Um, but some more details would be great. On the face of it, I'm not sure we're going to fit it in. I'm not sure which teams are going to play, and I'm not sure whether the teams will even want to play. Um, I know sometimes the Europa League, I mean, Arsenal's first club, I, I, I don't even know who they were. This is a Russian team, I believe, they play in the, uh, in the Europa League. I was getting, even being an Arsenal fan, I was having troubles having the motivation to even care about the result. Um, so another league with more clubs that are not in the other two leagues, I'm sort of like, meh. Mm. Or was it, was it, were they from Belarus? Belarus, Russia. It just shows, I mean, I'm, I'm supposed to be an Arsenal fan. I'm supposed to be track, keeping track of how the club's going and you, I, don't, I don't have enough motivation to go look up where the club's from. Yeah, you won very comfortably. Just so that well, you know. we, we won 4-2. And uh, we yeah, let two goals in at the at the last uh, what the last kick of the game we let the second goal in. Yeah. Um. We played some of our we played Leno. Leno. I mean, I'll very quickly very quickly throw this in. Uh, I don't understand why Leno is not playing for Arsenal first up. Um. And I know we're not supposed to be the Arsenal cast, but um, tactically, I still think he's better. He, I think he's a better fit tactically for what. Um, Emery's trying to do but anyway um, you know they won 4-2 it was quite comfortable although the score lines suggest it was slightly closer than what it was yeah there was nothing that could be done about two goals that they scored though um, mm. a bit, bit of poor defending but other than that it was quite a strong performance from Arsenal but again that it might affect this is the other thing Ollie, right about these European competitions 
Arsenal, I mean, is it two years now outside the Champions League? And so you keep playing on a Thursday and then at the weekend. Yeah. And it seems quite cyclical at the moment because they always say the teams that play on a Thursday always underperform in the league because it's just so congested and so close together, all these matches. You know, if you have another competition, is that going to be even more congested for teams if they whatever day they had to play on? It's going to damage leagues and Arsenal at the, the rate they're going, they're not going to get back in the Champions League spot because they keep playing in Europa League. No, yeah, you can't see it happening, can you? At the moment, that I don't think they're going to challenge the, the top four. And you lose it on the money, don't you? you lose it on the TV, you lose it on uh, all the other bits and pieces that come with it. Yeah, it's. It's not an ideal situation, but hey, you know, it's something that, that Spurs had to break that cycle of and, and other teams of Liverpool had to break that cycle of. So it's up to Arsenal to, to do that and it's up to the, you know, powers that be there to put their hands in their pocket a little bit and spend a little bit more than they have been at the moment. Yeah, I think. And just like that, I think we've run out of time. I think we've basically covered every base that we wanted to in terms of what's happened this season so far. Yeah, it's a very very strong start to season two. Season two of speculative effort. Ollie, any final words before we sign off? Is it good to be back? It's great to be back and it feels like we've barely been away. Football just carries on and I love it like that. It's so exciting to be watching football week in. Uh, week yeah, I completely agree and that's a genuine agreement. Yeah, me too. Right, well, the, the, we've been. Sure? Oh, you can going to talk over me some more. Um, <laughs> sorry. You two no, have had your say. You've had your say. This has been Speculative Effort Podcast. This is season two. Uh, give us give us a rating on your regular podcast provider. We would very much appreciate it. But thanks for listening, and we will have another podcast for you probably in like another six months or so. This seems to be the rate we're doing it. <laughs>